This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. I have with me today returning guest David Pinson of Zero Hedge. Hello, David. Hello, Isaac. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Uh, anytime. Always love to have you. So you're my kind of like go-to finance guy uh, for questions and, and for questions about things in that world. But actually today we're going to talk about two topics that are really not related to finance, but, but you're also okay. my go-to sports guy because, you know, so few people in our space really care about sports and I, uh, love NFL football. So like, this is a good, it's kind of weird, isn't us. it? That so few people are into sports. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Well, I think it's like on the dissident, right? People hate it because they think of it as like bread and circuses, you know, like they're like, I'm not, I'm not going to be distracted by sports. You know what's funny about that though is so many people on the right are into the classics and into ancient Greece and Rome, and I mean sports were huge back then. That was part of the Olympics with Greece. I mean the Greeks wouldn't put down sports. It's true. It's like if you were a Greek, would you be like putting down sports? I know, and I also yeah, think Brad and Sorkis. I'm not going to watch the Olympics this year. I, I don't care what's happening. Right, exactly. Also, the NFL is just so. Uh, like good it's just such a like it, it's so um it's just such a good sport and all the other sports i'm pretty like disgusted by i mean i guess besides mma which is like cool right now but the nfl is like it's just so well done it's such a like good sports product that i i can't resist it yeah it really is i mean i, I watch a lot of different sports but the nfl I would say there's more like I watch soccer and then a lot of times I'll just kind of like look at my phone during the soccer game. I won't like be totally focused on it. And then occasionally there's like plays. Are like, oh, wow. That's really cool. With the NFL, sometimes you get those plays like every few minutes. Yeah, no, it's it's also so um, it's kind of the opposite of soccer because it's so advanced. It's so like um, differentiated. Soccer is like so fact, vague. Um, it's, it's like such a like you know, you, vague, primitive sport. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy, I think his name was Keith Elias. This is back in the 90s. He, you don't want to, dude, do you have a different mic or something? You actually sound like super muffled. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Does that help sound, it at all? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. You sound very muffled. I don't know why, but. Um, um, let me see. Headset mic. I'm just trying to. Is that better or no? A little better. A little better. Okay. I'll try yeah, to get that. Is a little better. Okay. okay I'm just holding it closer to my mouth. My hands are up. Yeah. There you but go. what I was going to say was there was a guy, I think his name was Keith Elias back in the uh, 90s, who briefly played running back for the for the New York Giants. And he was a white guy who, who went to Princeton, actually. And he did a thesis at Princeton about. I just remember this because you because you mentioned that about how 
the development of football kind of mirrored the development of the United States economy. And, and I think he was talking about how the as the economy got more specialized, like football did too. And it's, it's, it's interesting to think about it because it basically evolved, I guess, from the same thing that like – that like soccer did like they, they kind of branched out to soccer and rugby but the nfl like took it to a different level where they i mean i think initially everybody played offense defense but then all the positions are like there's no other sport that has positions to specialize as football yeah no not even close i mean the, baseball yeah. would be the the closest but it's even baseball's not I mean, baseball is very hyper-specialized also, but football, nothing is like football, man. I mean, and you have, you know, in baseball, there's not a lot of technology, whereas football, there's, you know, they're talking on microphones, there's all kinds of really advanced materials involved. You got- It's the, almost like you're, in football, what's interesting is it's almost like, like they're, I don't want to say different species, but I mean, it's like you look at the positions- you compare like an offensive tackle to like yeah. a cornerback. These yes. are radically different people. This radically like, different human beings. Yeah, that's but yeah. what's part of what's really cool about it. Like it's like it feels more like a like a like an army, right? Where you have your tanks and you have your airplanes and you have your uh, you know it, it feels much more like real life war. Whereas baseball, everybody looks basically the same. Yeah, I, there's not like a huge differentiation in the players. Whereas here, a player playing one position is going to look completely different than a player playing another position, which is very cool. Like, I love that. Yeah. Another neat thing about football from a, from a strategic posi- uh, point of view is, or tactical too, is like some people criticize it because the play stops. You know, after you, like there's, a, there's like five seconds of action. And yeah. Then yeah. Play like, but the cool thing about that is you could be sitting at home and thinking, all right, here's what they should do next. I think they're going to do this or they should do that. And also it, it gives a lot more room for coaching because coaches can like, that's the only sport where literally every play the coaches are, are calling it in. Like in basketball yeah. out of a timeout, they'll call a play, but a, rest of the time the players are mostly improvising. I mean, they, totally. And not just, and, and not just the main coach, you have the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator who are right. big parts of of the show. So yeah, you, know, you have the the, the, host, the offensive yeah. coordinator who did. I feel like the offensive coordinator used to be on the field. Now, for some reason, the offensive coordinator they have up in the booth, like way up there, and they got to have this like grainy, <laughs> grainy shot of the offensive coordinator like from far away, like way up in the wings. And then you have the defensive coordinators for whatever reason are on the field. Yeah, like, the offensive coordinators, when, when they, they go to them, they're like in the booth usually. And there's like yeah. a, like a cup of coffee, maybe another cup he's spitting out his tobacco one or something. And uh, it reminds me of like, um, you ever see that movie Zulu? No. Oh, it's a classic. I see it sometime. But it's about the, uh, the Battle of Works Drift in South Africa during uh, the Victorian era. But oh, there's right. like this whole yeah. army of Zulus, but just thinking um, they're they're attacking this little uh, fort that the that the English are holding. But the guys that are running the Zulus, like their offensive coordinator, are like the old chiefs, and they're up on a hill, and they're like gesturing with their spears, telling the other guys what to do. They're yeah, kind of like the offensive <laughs> yeah. coordinators for the Zulus. 
<laughs> exactly. But, exactly. Yeah. And so, so it's like, that's definitely the only sport where any coach besides the main coach is like a character, you know, you get to know the other coaches on the field. There's definitely no other sport like that. You know, you don't care about any other coach in any other sport. They're just well, like, it's, it's also like, they just have so much more control the coaches yeah. in terms of what actually happens on the field versus other yeah. sports. Like for example, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of tennis tournaments, for example, they're not even allowed to coach. Like, um, the, the coaches make gesture at something, the players, they'll, they'll get kind of yelled at. I guess it depends on the tournament. But then in soccer, I mean, it's a huge field. And sometimes the camera will go over to the manager, who's like their head coach, and he'll be gesturing. And you're thinking, no one's hearing you. They can't even hear what you're saying. You're like so far away. It, it's yeah. just, uh, so yeah, it, football is on another level. If, if you're into strategy, like if you like that kind of thing, and you learn, I think it's it's a little bit, if you didn't grow up with it, 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 it takes a little bit of time getting into it because it's a lot more complicated as far as the rules and what each position does. But once you learn that stuff, it's it's really engrossing in the way a lot of sports are. Yeah. Yeah. They also it's like also it's technological. You know, it's it's uh, there's the microphones and the you know, they're talking on walkie talk or like, what do you call it that they're talking on all the time? Well, like, yeah, the um, the quarterbacks have have like speakers in their helmets. They yeah, can... QBs have speakers in their helmets, and then so, so when you see them put their hands over their helmet, usually they're, they're trying to uh, keep out the outside noise so they can hear what the coaches are saying. Yeah, right. And it's also that you know they they have their plays on their arm. You know, in the in the like when they're sitting down, they're looking at the Microsoft tablet. Right. They're looking at like um, the all 22. Yeah. They're looking at like what's going on. Also, it's the only sport that I think replay is good for. Like every other sport is replay sucks. They got to stop doing replay in anything else. I It's so in basketball. I literally think the end, I had a tweet about this. I think the NBA is like dying because uh, like the, the, the like having replay in the NBA is the worst thing ever. It's it, it completely destroys the flow of the game. It makes it so boring. The NBA already is plagued with fouls in the most exciting point of the game. Right. Which is horrible. Like that's, it's such a flawed game and adding replay to the NBA. NBA. It's like unwatchable to me. Well, I'll say this in defense of it. I I, I used to feel that way too, but like watching more of it, I think here's one thing I'll say about the the refs in the NBA. I think on average are higher quality than the NFL refs in terms of being able to articulate what's going on. So they have a similar thing to the NFL where the coaches have a certain number of challenges in the NBA. I don't remember exactly how many it is, but they'll ch- if they challenge a foul, the and the the refs will look at it and then they'll go ahead and give their when they give their explanation of what happened. It's really clear and articulate. And I'm, I was kind of surprised by that. Versus the NFL, the refs, they always explain it, but they, they don't always explain it as well. Like, for example, um, you probably remember that 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 big play. What was that game? Uh, where they, I forget the teams, but they did like a, it was a goal line um, play and they threw the ball to an offensive tackle who was like, you know, he, he, he and there was a question about whether he reported his eligible or not. Yeah, we're talking about what just familiar. happened with Dallas and the Lions, right, was, which is funny because there's yeah, been exactly, like yeah. 17 of these things that have happened to the Lions before already. Like this is like what always happens to the Lions. Right, right. right. And just for people that aren't familiar, the, the interior five linemen in, in the NFL, 
they're not allowed to catch the ball. They're not what's called tackle eligible. But what will happen in the goal line is they'll bring an extra lineman off. 99% of the time, they're just blocking. But because they're wearing a number on their jersey that indicates they're not supposed to be in that position, they have to report to the referee. And then the referee will say, number 65 is reporting as an eligible receiver. And 99% of the time, he's just blocking because he's a big guy. He's not really doesn't have great hands. But as a trick play, sometimes the quarterback will lob him the ball. And that's what they did here. And it was like a spectacular play, and they got the touchdown. But then, and also, we should mention, the new thing is female referees. And they, I think they had a female referee on the field during that game. So yeah. that was kind of a controversial ending. <laughs> right. Talk about, talk about competency crisis. It's going to be the, the refs are going to stop being able to do anything. Um, yeah, no, like throwing your, throwing the, the ball to a lineman is like, yeah, it's, it's just like throwing it to one of the guys who's not supposed to catch it, but you can do it as a trick play now and then. And they did it, the lions did it, but then the refs got the call wrong, of course. And, and then, uh, it hurt the lions. The lions went to this third seed in the NFC, uh, and then promptly beat my Rams. Um, although man, the Rams played really well. And then um, the Rams have that that Puka Nakua. They've got a new. They had yeah. a wide receiver just so people aren't playing football. They got a guy named uh, what's the guy that that's really good last year? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. He's, yeah. he's this white guy. He's like super fast. Yeah, he was the best receiver in the league. Then he was white, yeah. but he like did not receive the credit he deserved because yeah, he yeah just wasn't no, viewed no guy. as he's like, the best receiver in the league last year. Yeah, yeah, really smart guy and everything. And then this year, they got a rookie, this Samoan guy. Named yeah. Puka, Puka Nakua, yeah, and he's just blowing away Cooper Cup stats, and, and it it's unbelievable. Partly, I mean, it's partly yeah, it the system. Partly, uh, yeah, it's partly the system because th- that's why. I mean, our system is just such a pass-first system. It's partly also Cooper Cup. I mean, because he's he's drawing a lot of coverage. Yeah, he draws people to him. Yeah, that's very true. And Cooper is like not even close to the player he was last year. He he complete or in the Super Bowl year, like he he barely played last year. We won the Super Bowl two years ago. He was absolutely magnificent. You know, one of the best players you've ever seen. Just total what dominance. Injuries or, or what? Is it injuries? Like what happened to him that? Yeah. Time? So yeah. what I've heard is that he is really badly hurt and he's just, he'll never be the same, you know, and, and you can see it on the field. He's just not, he doesn't have the ability that he once had. It's he's much slower. He's not as, as, uh, he, I think it, he just blew himself out. You know, he's one of those guys who just, he completely, the year we won the Super Bowl, it was just, he put everything into it. And he didn't play the next year at all. He barely played uh, the last year. And then this year he kind of came back, but like not really. Um, but he's an amazing player. And especially for a white guy to be a, the best wide receiver in the league in that way, he really doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's He is truly a great athlete. And... Yeah, uh-huh. and for people who um who aren't familiar with football, I mean, in the years ago, there was a there was a wide receiver who was white who was like the number one guy. This guy Steve Largent, but he was Ooh. sort of his name is Steve Largent. I think he went on to become a congressman. Steve Largent. Wait, how are you? What is it? I think it's. Let me look it up. I think it's L. Steve. I've never even heard of this guy. Yeah, this Steve, been a while. and then L A R G E N T. I have never heard of Steve. What team was he on? I think he played. Yeah, he played for the Seahawks, and then he became uh, for fourteen seasons, and then he was a Republican congressman. Wow. What's he doing now? Let me check Wikipedia here. 
But what I was just going to contrast him with uh, Cooper Cup in the sense that he wasn't like really that fast or known as like a spectacular athlete. He was a guy that just ran really precise routes and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like he was right, good, right. but he wasn't. And um, yeah. So Cooper Cup, one thing you're seeing differently in general with white athletes in the NFL today, and that, this is relatively new, I think, is they're just really much better athletes in addition to. Like in the past, it used to be you would see more white players in positions where you didn't need to be that fast. Like they would become an inside linebacker, that kind of thing. But now you're seeing more – you're seeing like Cooper Cup, who's like a really fast wide receiver. You're seeing um, – Christian McCaffrey. Christian, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, is, it's really crazy that in the past two years, the best receiver in the league has been white and the best running back in the league has been white. And some of the best edge rushers too. Yeah, and so that's like very, very rare. And historically yeah, those are all speaking, positions like, where you need to be really yeah. athletic and really fast. And that's something where – White, white people just players. can't compete as much. But yeah, it's like now it's funny. Like we're seeing these white position players like r- rising, which is very weird. It's like, why is that happening? And then the other thing we wanted to talk about, which is why, you know, what I reached out to you originally was uh, the extreme overrepresentation of half black, half white mixed. You know, you're not allowed to say mulatto. I don't see what's wrong with saying mulatto. Who cares? But like, uh, you know, half black, half white um, uh, quarterbacks, it's unbelievable. The level of re- like overrepresentation is like astounding. It's like the the majority, there very, very few people in America are half black, half white. It's like 6% of the population, if that. It, and it might be actually even less than that. So you, if you're thinking that, you know, 6% around there, they're like, what, like how many teams are in the playoffs? 14. I think they're like 10 out of the 14 quarterbacks or something are, are mixed, are like half black, half white. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. You know what's interesting to me, though, is I, I think I think there's also like a little bit of – it seems weird to talk about racial prejudice in something so as metacratic as meritocratic as sports, but I think there is to some extent because – you look at um, the white quarterbacks who have done well. A lot of them are really low draft picks, or some of them even weren't drafted at all. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm just pulling up right now as we're talking the quarterback power rankings for uh, NFL QB power ratings for 2024, and the number one quarterback is Brock Purdy. Yeah, and he was he was like a like a low draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, very low. He was Mister Irrelevant. He was the last pick in the draant. Last pick in the draft. He's literally the last and pick then, in the draft. It's yeah, called and, Mr. And Irrelevant when you're the because, last pick. Yeah. Right. And, and he ended up playing because um, the starter got hurt. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, no, because they drafted Lance, Trey Lance, who was another uh, uh, mixed quarterback. And, you know, the, he was part of this new crop of QBs who was supposed to be these kind of like half running, half passing quarterbacks. It's also funny that like – all the mixed QBs are mixed in the way they play too. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like they're, they're not only mixed. They also play mixed. Like they play half like a white quarterback and half like a black quarterback. Um, You know, cause like a black quarterback is known for running like black quarterbacks run, like that's their style and white quarterbacks pass. That's sort of how it goes. Whereas these mixed quarterbacks do, they kind of like do both. 
and the paradigm of that is of course the you know one of the greatest ever is um uh Mahomes Patrick Mahomes and he's half black and half white but he actually as he got better he kind of became more of like a white quarterback like he kind of stopped running he he barely runs at all now anymore yeah I, I think that's a good point he, he's um in a way he's almost like kind of a the mulatto uh Josh Allen who's the white quarterback for Buffalo runs yeah and he plays more like a black quarterback he, yeah, but they, 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 there's. I think they've kind of sort of converged a little bit in their playing style because he's, like you said, Patrick Mahomes is running less, but so is Josh Allen, and it's. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm thinking, I wish he ran more, because like he'll force it sometimes, and they'll both do this. They'll both throw like stupid picks once in a while. I mean, they're both really good quarterbacks, but you're if you're betting on them, you're always like, oh, don't don't throw a stupid pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, know, you reminded me of something that happened in November. I really don't remember the guy's name, but I know the the black quarterback was uh, Bryce Mitchell. Not Bryce Mitchell. I'm sorry, Bryce Young. Yeah. And I think he was a Heisman Trophy winner. And then he was playing an undrafted white quarterback who had won like the the uh, um, the Division Two equivalent of uh, of the Heisman. I forget what it's called. And um, and that guy beat him, and he outplayed him on national TV. So I think that that plus Brock Purdy is another example of a, a white quarterback kind of being, you know, sort of under under. Uh, I don't want to say underappreciated because they're appreciated now, but sort of a little bit of a prejudice against them. I think. Against black QBs? No, I think against white QBs. Oh, against white. Well, wait. So, but wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, look at Brock Purdy. I'm saying if Brock Purdy were black and had the same stats. In college and all that, do you think he would be the last guy drafted in the NFL? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what his stats were like in college. I mean, he had to have been that far back for some reason. Do Do you think that? I mean, okay. There's definitely a. So you talked about Lamar Jackson's uh, Wonderlick score. <laughs> so funny. I, I don't even. Know. Um, <laughs> I think you mentioned that, didn't you? Somebody mentioned uh, Lamar yeah. Jackson's Wonderlick score, yeah, which is apparently really, like really low, and and like it, nobody it? over a certain Wonderlick score has ever won a Super Bowl or something like that. Wait, uh, the Wonderlick score, maybe you can tell us what is the Wonderlick score? Yeah, Wonderlick score is basically an IQ. Score. I mean, it's it's a it's a short test. Wonderlick is the name of the guy I think came up with it, but it it's essentially an IQ test, and they they do stuff for for industry too, not just for football. So um, I'm looking up right now as we're talking Lamar Jackson's Wonderlick score because I'm not I'm actually curious, but this looks like a clickbait thing when they're trying to get me to take the test. <laughs> yeah, I like I've heard. I don't know if this is true. You'll have to look it up. But I think that like Lamar Jackson has an insanely low Wonderlick score, and Wonder Lamar Jackson is a black quarterback, and Lamar Jackson is the ultimate black quarterback. He he is like. If we're talking about the spectrum between passing white and running black, like Lamar Jackson is just he every single play is a broken play. He throws whenever he wants. He passes whenever he wants. It's he just completely dominates the field. And it's unbelievable. He's he's truly like in terms of pound for pound athletics, he's got to be one of the greatest of all time. He probably like, if he was playing in the NBA, he'd be like a LeBron type because he just does whatever he wants. Like he's so big. He's so strong. Nobody can tackle him. 
and he just he, like he can launch the ball from his back foot all the way down the field. <laughs> like okay, nobody can do anything to him. What it's, it says, um, he reportedly scored a thirteen out of fifty on the Wonderlick. So what does that Lamar mean? Jackson? What does that mean? What what's the what is it again? He scored a thirteen out of fifty on the Wonderlick. <laughs> It's that now, bad. So, which is not good. It's, 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 it's a, a couple, uh, a couple, the, the same article. It's like saying it doesn't, it doesn't say it's in the Courier Journal. It doesn't tell you everything about it. it points out some Hall of Fame quarterbacks had a low one look scores too. Terry Bradshaw. That's not too surprising. Yeah, he he's had a, a. You see him on TV every every week as a commentator. He, like the whole shtick is he's like pretty much dope. He's, um, he's dumb. Yeah. Dan Marino, this is kind of interesting, had the same one to look score as Terry Bradshaw, 16. So they're both like a little bit higher than uh, than Lamar Jackson. But what's interesting about Dan Marino is like he was known as having the fastest delivery of any quarterback. Like he could quarterbacks in the NFL today, you have like less than three seconds off to throw the ball because you're gonna be on your back. Like the the blitzers are gonna are gonna are gonna sack you or, or hit you. So in um, there was one year, 1985, the Chicago Bears came up with it. It used to be you had more time. It used to be you had, you had like at least three seconds. Yeah. And the Chicago Bears came up with this new defense called 46 defense, which put like immense pressure on the quarterback coming from the middle. And they were getting to the point where they were getting to the quarterback in like two seconds. And they were just no one could like play against them. And the only quarterback, like the only team that beat them in the regular season that year were the Dolphins because Dan Reno could get rid of that, that ball in like two seconds. Really quickly. And, Wait, what year was yeah, this? And what's interesting about that, you just figure like that's going to correlate to some extent with being being smarter because your mind's got to move quicker, but I guess it doesn't. Well, I don't know. That's like a different type of smarts than the Wonderlick, right? I mean, like the Wonderlick is like a different kind of Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's the true. IQ is not the same as like finding somebody to throw to really quickly. It, I mean, I don't know. This, maybe it is. Maybe also maybe it is. Maybe it, it's just it's how well the, you know the play, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely not the same. But I think yeah. I'm just thinking of something that Steve Saylor had uh, blogged about years ago. Uh, Francis Galton, who, who was a you know pioneer when it came to intelligence and statistics and stuff like that. I think it was him. I think he was doing some kind of reaction tests in uh, Victorian Great Britain. And they found that there was like a decline in people's reactions from then to like a hundred years ago, and they were trying to 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 say that that was um that was like correlated with a decline in intelligence. I don't know if that's true or not, but just some right. numbers. The, the oh, context that's interesting. Would, would, yeah, would I mean, there there is a certain kind of chess like intelligence to it, right? It's like, yeah, you got to be able to kind of understand your checkdowns, understand the, the map of the field. It's a little bit of a problem-solving thing, right, from a quarterback's perspective. Well, you know what like, there also is? is um, yeah. There's also – you've got time management is huge in football. True, yeah. I'll give an example of that, but just real quick. For we all know – this is such a, like, funny, like, race generalization conversation. We all know how yeah. blacks are with time management. <laughs> Well, I'll give you a specific example on that, which kind of yeah. was very frustrating. But before we get to that, just, just to flesh out on the Wonderlick. So it's a 50-question, 12-minute multiple-choice test. That's 
and, and then that's that kind of determines your score. And then we mentioned it's Lamar 50 Jackson. Minute, wait, what is it? Sorry, it's 50 minute and then what? 50 questions in 12 minutes. 50. Oh, it's really short. Okay. So it's, yeah, yeah you it's really, really quick. Like move. You got to so, move quick. Yeah. So there's math questions, there's other stuff, it's multiple choice. Yeah. And we, we mentioned that uh, Mar Jackson's at 13 and some other low scores, Terry Bradshaw, 16, Dan Marino, 16. But the average, uh, the, the active eight quarterbacks, this article says, that have won a Super Bowl have averaged a 30.5 in the record. 30.5. Okay. Yeah. So that puts them better than 85% of the of the players are taking a test. Oh, so, okay. So why? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So all okay, I, equal, I figure yeah. you'd be better off with a higher wonder look. But here's an example of the time management. And he's not a bad quarterback. He is black. His name is um Tyrod Taylor. He's yeah, the, Tyrod Taylor, yeah. Yeah, he's black. He he played in Buffalo for a while. I think he I don't know before Josh Allen, I think. But he's a Wasn't he quarterback starting for like he was starting for somebody. Wasn't he on Washington? The most, he may have been, but he, he, yeah, he he's the Giants' backup quarterback. Oh, yeah. At least he was last year. I don't know if they're going to keep him next year, but there was one game in particular where it was uh, the it was like the end of the first half, and there was like ten seconds left, and um, I th- they didn't like the play. They were on the goal line, and they didn't like the play, so they asked him to audible. He audible to a running play. And the Giants had no timeouts left. And the, the like they, they ran the ball. They didn't get into the end zone. And they didn't have time to get the field goal team out there to get the field goal. And I think they ended up losing by like less than three points, which is what you get for a field goal. And the coach was livid about that. So that's an example of the time management that time a quarterback has to needing to like understand and feel out time. Although I will say that Sean McVay, the you know best coach in the league or one of them, he's terrible at time management too. He has, he, we always like we lost to the lions because he fucked up the time. And I've seen him do that a bunch of times. He doesn't have a good sense of uh, like, you know, because there's this calculation in the end of the game. This is another thing that's really cool about football is there's this like actuarial calculation in the end of the game that that really you don't have in any other sport where you have to kind of you have to weigh your timeouts you have to um figure out like how much time the other team can bleed off the clock given their amount of timeouts versus how many points you have and the the crazy thing about it is like an ai this would be a problem that an ai could solve for you right like it had Sean McVay had an AI in our game against the Lions, he would have not made the timeout calling decisions that he made. But it's like he didn't have the set. He he couldn't make that actuarial calculation in his head fast enough. So he he screwed it up, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. That 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 is another big consideration is uh time, like the time calculation. Well, another coach that had problems with time management, but I think he's gotten better at it, was Andy Reid. Yeah. When he coached Philadelphia, and he had a black quarterback then too, and I think both of them weren't really good with time management. But there was like a two-minute drill toward the end of the game where they had a chance of winning the Super Bowl, and they just they just took too much time. And Yeah, uh, that's and a huge lost. thing. I, I'm always – you know one thing that yeah, maybe you've seen is I'm always surprised they don't start calling their timeouts earlier. Like, even if you have three timeouts and you're down, you know, a score or maybe like say you're down 10, right? And it's the fourth quarter and there's like six minutes left. I'm always surprised that the coaches, they don't 
they don't call the timeouts at six minutes. They don't call the timeouts at four minutes. They always wait till like two minutes left, even if the other team has the ball to start calling those timeouts. Whereas if I was a coach, I would start calling those timeouts at like six minutes, you know, instead of waiting till two minutes. And then it's like, it always comes down to this, like, Oh, can they get the first down? You know, it's third and six. And it always comes down to this, like one, uh, this is what happened to the Rams. It always comes down to this, like one third down play that the team that's ahead has. And then if they get it, they win the game. And if they don't get it, they lose because if they get it, that means they can run the clock down the rest of the way, you know, because then they have a whole new set of downs and you get 30 seconds or whatever between at 35 or 40 between each play. So it means they can basically waste the whole clock down. Whereas if I was a coach, I would start calling my timeouts at like six minutes instead of two. Well, well, one consideration there is, and what you're saying could outweigh it in some cases, but, you need to have at least one timeout to, to be able to challenge a call. Oh, right, right. No, no, no. But under two minutes, no, you don't. Because they, well, they under two minutes, you're not the one challenge. So that's why a lot of them take it after, under two minutes. Because under two minutes, all the all the challenges come from uh, yeah, come from that, right? Come exactly. from uh, they don't come from the coaches. They come from like uh, the NFL itself, like the right. Oop. I don't know. Oop. If, I, I, like it may come from the NFL headquarters or something like that. Like they'll review scoring plays and that kind of thing, but yeah. they're not, or like, um, I guess big plays, like maybe if it's the first down or not, he, he plays, but the coaches can't re- call for reviews after two minutes. So there you're not, if you use your timeouts, you're not losing anything. Uh, but, but I agree with you that they often don't start paying attention to the clock until kind of late. I mean, it's not just the timeouts. It's also, you see a lot of times they don't go to a two minute offense or no huddle offense as early yeah, as so really late. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think part of the problem, honestly, they should have one coach where his whole job is just the clock. Yeah, that's a he, great he call. Like, they should so have, dude, that is such a good idea. They should have like a clock guy yeah. and he On should have chat GPT. Yeah. Like he should have like a literal AI, like AI. This is like the perfect use for AI. Because AI can do these kinds of like abstract actuarial ca- calculations like really well, like yeah. he should totally have that. Like just yeah, and one guy that's in charge, like that, that keeps an eye on that. He's just like, hey, we need to take a timeout now, and then the yeah. coach just does it, right? Cause, cause yeah. I think what one thing that's really kind of cool about football is there's just so much information coming in, and I think right. that from the the coach's perspective, it, they just get overwhelmed. And then the, the time is that that element that it's just too much information to kind of to, to process. I'm so one guy. Like there needs to be a time good. coach. That's such a good call. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be a cool idea. It's like the time man. That would be a great, that would be just also like a great, because you know, it's all such a, it's all such a like performance. You know what I mean? Like I always think about these coaches and they're, you know, like it's, it's actually a think about how silly it is to be a grown up man and to have your job be like a sports coach. You know, it's these guys really got to like, they must have to fight. Like, you know how an actor, I don't, have you ever done any acting Dave? Oh, um, when I was very young. Yeah. Yeah. So like the reason I could never be an actor, even though I should have been an actor because both my parents are like theater people. Uh, 
I could never do it because I, I like there's this overwhelming feeling of cringiness that great actors either don't have that feeling or they learn how to, I think the really great actors have the cringiness and they learn how to overcome it. I, because, I think that's true about in show business in general because yeah, a lot of it is like, like you turn off the, you look at a, a front person in a band and you turn off the, the sound for a minute and they're just yeah. moving kind of like, what's he doing with his hands? What's yeah. He doing? <laughs> yeah. They you look gotta, so gotta, ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, I think, yeah, you got to like overcome that it, to be a performer because, you know, like being a performer, it's cringy. It's like it, you feel yeah. cringy doing it. I feel like the people who have I'll tell you feel... one role I had as an actor that you would find interesting. I, yeah. uh, I went to um, yeah. like a mostly black elementary school and we yeah. did a play about civil rights and I played the bus driver to kick Rosa Parks like off the bus. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it was me and then like um and then i had like there was like i had a white friend in the school like we're like two of the only white kids there so yeah. he was the cop that i called like, i'm the oh, bus driver. yeah there you go amazing amazing back. i had to call him and i was like officer <laughs> lady well this black lady's not moving to the back of the bus and everybody in the audience is just like hissing at you like yeah yeah yeah. Like, <laughs> you couldn't really differentiate the of course they out. cast the white guys as the yeah as the, yeah that's like my high school would have done that it's same same exact thing yeah uh you know before anybody was aware you know like yeah that's hilarious no but um uh, yeah, I feel like the people who have to deal with the cringe more than anything is the NFL coaches, you know, like, cause they're playing such a character, you know, they're, they're playing this character on the sidelines. Like they're shouting at the refs. They're, you know, they're making decisions They're you know, but they, you know, they have to understand like so how many 30 million people are like staring at their face. You know I mean? Think about how weird that is. Like you gotta, you gotta you really play the character. Like, that's what Sean McVay is so good at this. Like he's so good at playing the character of coach. Like he never yeah. breaks, he never breaks character. You know, like every, everything he says is just like, yeah, you know, our guys are, you know, what's so funny about them. They always say a football game and a football team <laughs> for some reason, they, they yeah. never call the other team a team. They always go, Oh, that's a great football team. That's a great football team. Or yeah. they say, Oh, you know, we got to win football games, football games. Like why, why don't they just say games? They never say games. It's they always have to yeah, put yeah, football yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Well, you said basketball too. Like, well, he's doing a great job moving with a basketball. Well, well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> but they can't say you ball. Watch, uh, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You've watched Seinfeld, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the episode where, um, where Kramer gets Merv Griffin's furniture, the Merv Griffin show. Uh, I don't remember that one. I I wasn't like a huge Seinfeld. I I watched it, but I wasn't like a big Seinfeld guy. Yeah, you, you got to watch like multiple times. And be honest, with you, I wasn't when it first was on. I remember like I was in a bar once in college, and uh, it it came on live. This is like in the nineties, and um, all of a sudden, like everyone turned off the music, and I like, Seinfeld's on. They put it on, and I was just these people are weird, you know. It wasn't really into it. I didn't start getting into it until it was on at night. You know, it was like kind of slower paced. I could watch it see what's going on. But there's one. So this episode, uh, Merv Griffin had a show years ago. He's he's like an old old time kind of like I think it was the 70s. And Kramer, who's like Seinfeld's neighbor, just kind of crazy. He finds the set thrown out in the garbage and he puts it in his apartment. And then he starts having it, it almost like kind of anticipated live stream because they didn't have it back then. 
but he starts doing like a little show. Like he's the host. So come, someone comes to visit his apartment, like uh, Elaine or Jerry, they sit next to him and he, and then at one point he gets Newman as like his co-host and he's doing this whole thing. Like he's interviewing them on the show and he's got like the music when they come on and everything. And then at one point he just stops asking questions and like he drinks a diet Coke and eats some chips. And it's like, the idea is like, it's a commercial break. He's just, he's like totally committed to the bit. So I think about that every time when I'm watching, um, you were talking about being on camera, being a character. If you watch tennis tournaments, like the Australian Open's on out, um, like there's breaks during the the set where each player sits down on his own bench. And a lot of times they'll like pull out a banana and they'll eat it or like a candy bar or something. They'll drink <laughs> some stuff. Yeah. And the camera just goes right on their face. And the guy's, he's just eating this, you know, like a snack or something. <laughs> and it's like the weirdest thing. It, yeah, it's like when they go to Kramer, I'm like, let the guy eat his fucking banana. Like, yeah. you know, like in, 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 in football or something, they might go to a booth where like guys are talking about the game. In tennis, they just have the camera right on the guy while he's like wiping his head off with a towel and just yeah. sitting there eating the banana. Yeah. Really well, and it's also so funny because it's like they have to believe, like you can tell that they have to play this role. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's not like we have the illusion because it's bread and circuses, as we've said, that, you know, we are experiencing the illusion of war. That's what I think that sports is. It's the, the reason we care about it is because it's, it's simulated war. So we like to sit around and talk about it because it's kind of like a pretend it's like, what would it be like if LA was at war with Detroit? This is like kind of a little taste of it. You know, it's like a parasocial yeah, and, and, war. and football more than other sport. That's true. It's definitely true. And that's one reason why I think Steve Sales made this point too. Why, for example, the World Cup in soccer is big because these are countries playing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. like, the, like the best, it's not even the best quality soccer usually because these national teams, they don't play together as often as, as like club teams. So yeah. they're not as, like the gameplay isn't as good, but it's higher stakes because it's not like Manchester United. It's, England. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, you, that's why we love the World Cup, because it feels yeah. like it's a world war. That's definitely true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's like you have this guy who's playing this character of like the the general, you know, he's playing the character of general. But actually, at the end of the day, what is he doing? He's playing a child's game. I mean, it's such a silly being a professional athlete is such a silly thing. It's such a like. I mean, even actors in a way are, can like, like an actor knows they're an actor, right? I mean, like an actor knows, okay, I wake up in the morning, I play dress up and people love me. But at the end of the day, I know I'm not the character that I'm playing. I know that this is just a job and et cetera. Whereas people think, don't think of athletes that way. Like people think of athletes, they don't think of them as performers. Well, really at the end of the day, that's what they are. I think there's a commitment in both cases in that they're they're willing to to really risk stuff. Like, I'm not all actors, but you take someone like like Tom Cruise, like he he's putting himself out there. He's doing a lot of these stunts himself, and I, I, people get injured. I mean, you you if you you know this stuff, you, you follow Hollywood, but there's like directors, cameramen. It's it's a physical in a way. It's a sport itself. Yeah, no, people it's definitely a physical. It's right. It's very much a physical. Uh thing being an actor so i mean so that that's i think where reality impinges both on in show business and in um athletics and in sports 
because yeah. you're you're putting your body out there and you can get hurt. I remember watching um and there's it's kind of like an interesting parallel. I, like I think the equivalent for and they should do more of this on TV, but like the theater kid equivalent of sports is live theater. Yeah. Because it, it it's it's kind of like sports, like you don't know exactly what's gonna happen. They can screw something up. You don't know how the audience is gonna react. And I remember I think it was um they've actually been pretty popular where they'll do live like a couple of tv networks have done them in, in recent years where they'll do a musical and they'll, and they'll broadcast it live and there was one i think it was rent a few years ago and in the um like the not the the live broadcast but like the last rehearsal the, the guy literally broke his leg like the male lead yeah so he was like wearing a cast at one point and like that's that's a risk of it and i think they ended up showing Instead of doing it live, I think they showed like the, which kind of sucked. They showed the recorded rehearsal thing. Yeah, right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it, it's the the combat version. Um, yeah, I remember. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's still on Broadway. Probably isn't. But years ago, they put Spider Man on Broadway, and people like were just getting like just getting oh, sent to right. the hospital a bunch of people, like, the... right a bunch of people got like really fucked up yeah yeah because what they did was they had these guys flying around above the audience like they had like cables and stuff yeah and um i, I went to see it just because like morbid curiosity <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was uh like you know you want to see a car crash or something they actually had to and they've they've done um i think also with the musical aida which is based on the opera they had to change the the whole set for it because there was like one scene where people were getting injured. Like, yeah. Uh, so I yeah, actually I mean, think things are going to get more violent in our blood and circuses. So a lot of people say like, Oh, cause of the long house, like football's going to die. I have friends here, dude. My, like I have friends in LA total libtards who, who, you know, uh, they have kids and they're like, I would never let my kid play football. Meanwhile, they're like the biggest football fans, you know, it's, it's completely hypocritical, but you know, I there's... think it's also it's probably what I mean. What's going to happen to your kid playing football in high school is going to be. It's not what happens in the NFL or. or Dude, I college. mean, I played football in high school and I got fucked up. I mean, I got really. It's you get hit real fucking hard. Oh yeah, I played as well, and I remember. And yeah. you also, the weird thing about it is like stuff that would just take you out of a, out of a game or something in other sports. You just like I remember one time, in practice, someone stepped on like my thumb with a cleat. And yeah. like the nail just cracked open, like the whole thing was bleeding. And I just like put some like stuff on it, tape it up, you're back in there. It's like other yeah, sports, no, that guy's out. Totally. No, it's a very, very violent sport. I mean, it's yeah. it's like being in it, you it's extreme aggression. I mean, I sucked. I was the worst player on the team, you know, because I yeah. I I mean, I had struggled with I had horrible asthma as a kid, and so that kind of fucked up my ability to like really play as hard as I could. I was pretty good. I was fine when we didn't have pads. Like I, you know, during the summer we would play um, with no pads. It was like summer league, you know, you have two yeah. days and then, and then uh, you have summer league and summer league is like, you play your opponents, but it's just no pads. It's like flag or, or you like, you just tag or I forget which one. And, you know, I had like a couple touchdowns as a wide receiver then, but as soon as pads got on, I was too small. I didn't have the lungs. So I just got fucking destroyed out there, man. And I remember one time I was, 
uh, I mean, I played like similar to you. I went to like a mostly black or, you know, very heavily black high school. And um, so in the football team was almost entirely black because again, it's like, these are the, the really good position players. And I remember we had this one guy in our team. His name was Joe something. I can't remember his last name. And he was just a complete freak of nature. Like he, he could fucking like, he, we, we did. Do you remember bear crawls? Do you remember bear crawls? Yeah. It's like, that's one of the things you got to do during calisthenics. Like you got to do a bear crawl and like a sprint bear crawl is like running on all fours. Yeah, yeah, I could like barely get across the field. This dude could like gallop on all fours. This is like a high schooler. And I was just like, man, this guy is just, he was just cut huge as an 18 year old. He probably weighed like 220. Yeah. My my problem was like, I wasn't, I wasn't really fast enough. So yeah. I remember like there was one, I was, I was playing inside linebacker. It's probably like the the most forgiving in, in terms of speed. Like if you're not that big and you're not that fast, that's kind of like your, your best shot because you don't have to be as big as a lineman, but you don't have to be as fast as like the outside linebackers or yeah. secondary. And there was like one play it was like JV. And um, like, I, I kind of like pursued the, the running back and like, I wasn't fast enough to tackle him like a conventional way. So I ended up like grabbing him by the jersey and just like swinging him down. And I remember like the the next day in like study hall, the the coach who was also like the like one of the teachers. I was like, "Hey, coach, did you see that tackle last night?" And then like he he pantomimes me swinging the guy down. And he's like, <laughs> "You're supposed to make tackles. You're a linebacker." Yeah. <laughs> so you so played like, linebacker. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, yeah. but if I knew what was happening ahead of time, like then I could play well. That was like the one time I knew it was like like I remember at the end of like one game. I knew they were just going to run it up the middle. So I like, I knew the aim point that could kind of meet the offensive line and shed the block and make the tackle. But then if I had to like chase after stuff, then it was tough. Yeah, dude, but, I but was, it was, but it was a lot terrible, of fun, man. I was terrible. I was like 150 pounds smoking, uh, soaking wet. I was, I was so bad, man. I, and it was such a bad situation. Like I had no business playing football. I'm not like a good athlete in that way. And I just did it because it was like the cool thing to do. And my friends were doing it. And I was like, oh, well, I'll do it too. And it was so dumb. It was such a waste of time. If I had parents that were paying any attention at all, like I was the kid that should have not been allowed to play football, you know, <laughs> like of any kid, you know it was obviously me. It's, it's so weird because um, it, it kind of goes to like a blank slate kind of thing. Um, I, I kind of grew up thinking, and it was it's like a stupid, dumb idea that you could do like whatever you wanted. You just try hard, whatever. And that's kind of the mentality. I, I think that's true a lot in America about a lot of things. Like, oh yeah, you can do whatever you want. Just, just, just try. But years later I was reading and, and you do the, the start and strength, right? We talked about that in, uh, in our top yeah, secret yeah, group chat. Yeah. yeah. So I got, you know, the books are starting. This is Mark Ripito, who's a famous strength coach. He's got one book called starting strength. And then he's got another book called practical programming which is like more advanced stuff. And there was like one paragraph in that book that kind of blew me away. And it was, uh, he said that just like IQ or like a Wonderlook test, for example, measures your, your potential in IQ uh, or an SAT does that kind of thing. If you, let's say you bomb your SATs, you're not going to become a lawyer or a doctor or something like that. It's not cards for it, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I mean, you, you, it's good to know what you can do, but what, the uh, what practical program mentioned is there's kind of an athletic equivalent which I'd never thought of, which is the standing vertical jump. And he was saying like how high you can jump 
without a running start. Like he didn't use that analogy, but basically it's like the IQ test of athletics. Cause he said, it's something you really can't train. Like you could lift weights, you could do calisthenics, whatever you want. You're not going to, you're not going to increase it by that much. And now I'm thinking like when we were, when we were kids or maybe like teenagers, it would be to everyone's benefit if like there were people that gave you tests like that, not just like intellectual tests, but also like physical tests. And they're like, okay, you know what? Here's a sport you'd probably be better at. Yeah. Here's what you should do. Right. And that's like, so not like the boomer dream. It's like, as you said, like Americans are extremely resistant to being like shuffled into a category early you know, unless you're really extraordinary at something from like age six, in which case then Americans like are like Americans have this total fantasy that we are all going to become the best like violinist or, you know, the best at math. We, we're all like in other countries, they're so much more practical about just like, OK, well, 99 percent of people don't become the best at anything so you might as well get started early at being good at whatever your kind of area is. And, you know, like, like section people off earlier, whereas like, yeah, like nobody said to me, and this is a lot because of my totally absent, like boomer parents, but like they should have said, okay, Isaac, you're a shit athlete and you're great with your mind go hone your mind. But no, they were just like, do whatever you want, you know, follow your dream. Well, I, I think everyone should play some kind of sport, but, and there's probably some, like if I were in charge of the whole thing, I think there's some sports everyone should get some facility with, but those would be sports you're going to play throughout your life. Like it probably wouldn't hurt to have young kids learn golf or tennis, things like that. I think that'd be cool. Um, but within, like everyone should do some sports when they're young, I think. But within that, there's like a broad range of stuff you could do as far as aptitude, like how big you are, how fast you are. There's sports that are more forgiving of some of these things. And uh, like just you picking what you want to do and then banging your head against the wall is probably not the smartest thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree. So anyway, back to, back to the NFL. So like, um, why do you think that it's so uh, like, l- let's just cover this mixed quarterbacks thing. W- why? And then we'll be then. I think this is good. just going to be like the NFL episode, which is good. People should watch uh, Saturday and Sunday. We have a bunch of great games coming up. Who are you betting on this, this weekend? I'm probably going to do, uh, let me take a look here. Let's pull up the betting app. I'm probably, I might take the underdog with some spreads here, but we've got, definitely thinking of betting on buffalo so just for people that don't follow us too well this is the divisional round where we've got i think we're down to eight teams right isaac uh we're down to what eight teams well so i hate what they did to the playoff i really hate what they did with the playoffs it would the playoffs was so nice and neat and then they completely screwed it up by adding an extra team so that was the locker weekend so yeah we're down to eight yeah we're down to eight we're down to eight yeah yeah, and then what happens is this is what's called the divisional round. So the winners of um, of this weekend's game are going to play for the conference championships next weekend, and then the winners of those two games are going to play in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, so I can't we'll, believe we'll, that these buy teams only have to win three games to win the Super Bowl. It's really well. That, that's kind of um, that's like one way that the NFL is like radically different than other sports. Yeah, there's so few games. Yeah, so it's really game, there's so few games. Yeah, every game means more. Number one, and then when you get to the playoffs, single elimination, so yeah. it just flies by. Yeah, I don't understand how people. Can Whereas like, it's soccer, it's hor- It I literally I hate soccer. I hate it. I tried watching the last World Cup. I was like, this game fucking blows. It's and it's like this stupid point system. It's like, do you know that like even when they're playing, there's no it's like, how can somebody follow the Premier League when to win the Premier League, there's no playoffs? It's just like, how many points did I get? It's like it's so dumb. It, it, no, yeah. Here's what the, in my opinion, the best soccer is the champions league and that yeah, right that no is, i mean that's right because then at least it's like a tournament of of right uh, yeah, yeah. You, that, and i guess that's the point of playing in your in your like smaller league well but... yeah just so people so people aren't familiar just to explain what what i was just talking about premier league is 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 england's top league and it's also probably the top national league in the world because it's got like the highest payrolls so there's people from all over the world that play there and then there's no playoffs so what happens is it's it, it's basically you get like three points for a win and you get one point for a tie and then no points for a loss. And then at the end of the season, whoever has the most points wins the league. So yeah. in, in one sense, it's kind of lame that they don't have a playoff, but in another sense, it means like the regular season is kind of the playoff. And then there's like, there's also, they have relegation, which means that like, if you're like the, one of the worst three teams in the league, you're out of the league next year. And that's like a huge difference in right. money. So that's kind of neat. that that adds some pressure. So, like the the shitty teams, they're playing pretty hard just to stay in the league. But the Champions League, I find like that that's the coolest. What that is is like the best teams from all the different countries, like the German teams, the Italian teams, the British teams, and then you even have like teams from like smaller countries that don't have big leagues that that play their way in. They're in like a knockout round. So like they they do like two legs where they'll play like one game. And this is kind of cool. I wish the NFL had this. Well, they'll play one team like in your hometown and another team in the in the other team's hometown. And then they'll do the aggregate score to see who wins the thing. So I find that like to be like the best soccer of the year because that's first of all, the teams are you got the best players in the world, and then they're also the best teams in the world, and they really spend a lot of time playing with each other. Whereas like the World Cup, you have the best players for the most part. Actually, you know, Norway didn't make it last year. And like one of the best strikers in the world is that Norwegian kid who plays in the for Man City. So you don't always get the best players, but yeah, yeah. I would recommend I watching like soccer. Soccer is like the opposite of football. It's like soccer is like yeah, okay, it's Lindy, right? But in sports, yeah. I feel like being Lindy is like bad. So football is amazing because it it's as we said so differentiated. It's like it's like the it's like the where sports should go. Whereas football, I hate how it's so annoying to me that like socialist type dudes, like they're like, I'm going to love soccer. There's this new team here in LA called uh, LAFC. And I have never met more fucking libtard dorks that wear gear of a sport. And it's like every fucking annoying Hollywood progressive has like an LAFC hat. And they're like, oh my God, I love going to the games. 
And there, there's a great, this, I will say that LAFC stadium is really awesome. It's like beautiful and outdoor and it's really great, but it's like, these people don't fucking care about sports. They're just doing this because it's like, I'm going to be against the American sports. I want the global sport. Yeah. Then you, you actually um, watch soccer. Soccer is the most retarded ass fucking game. It's like nothing happens. It's so boring. The, Isaac, the you, skill uh, sets don't are like, okay, they're just running around. It, it really is like, it's so it, like the primitiveness of soccer is like, it is like one millionth as complex as football. The sport's not as complex. That's true. But there's a huge amount of skill involved. And it's, it's, um, look, the thing about soccer is it's kind of an uneven product. Some games, like they honestly, even if you like soccer, they kind of suck. But sometimes you just see something that's like extraordinary and that's just like really cool to watch. But um, I was going to say, what you just, the, the kind of fan you mentioned in LA, are you familiar with um, the old site stuff white people like? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Because he totally nailed that. He had yeah. like one of the, the categories was pretending to like soccer. Yeah. Yeah, dude, totally. Like, like they would, because th- these aren't real there's like they're kind of posers like they they like it these these white people in america these hipsters because it, it's not american and it's like european and it's all that but you in europe it's not like that like they're everyone's into soccer and it's and it's like totally what one thing that's kind of cool about it is the crowd is like chanting and playing drums and it's almost like a like a like a group ritual kind of thing yeah you know yeah. so that's kind of neat and it's, it's not even like, well, and I, I just don't time. like it because it's reactive. You know, it's like it's like like just like your fucking football team. You know what I mean? But no, it's like no, they're like football's problematic, and it's also not global. It's it, soccer is the perfect metaphor for globalism. It's like vague. It's like shitty quality. It's like any any country can do it. It's like really. It's like football, soccer is the seed oils of sports. It's like cheap and easy and you can just put it in anything. It's I, I really Here's the thing, though. Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that everybody can play soccer and they play it everywhere. They can all understand it. It's like a you know global IQ thing. Except for the uh, there's one exception is the offside rule. That probably fucks up a lot of people because it, it, it's the offside rule means you can't be in front of like the the furthest back defensive player before the ball is hit. Yeah, yeah. Like Offside the last like the one rule in the entire game of soccer. Yeah, it's it's a little tricky. It's like one, gotta... there's one one penalty. It's offset. Well, it's 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 like there's <laughs> it's the trickiest one of them. But here but here's the thing. So and and I think Sailor made this point too that like yeah it's global it's blah 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 but then it's pretty much the usually it's Europe is the one that wins the World Cup. Well, Argentina won last year. They're kind of like a offshoot of Europe, but like the best, the, the best competition in the world is in Europe, and it's kind of like okay, it's global, but it's like Germany and the Netherlands, places like that. Well, actually, here's the weird. There's a weird uh, bifurcation of dichotomy in in what it takes to produce really good soccer players. You can have a place where it's warm weather. And like people don't go to school like Brazil and they kick a ball all day. Or yeah. you get a place where it's like shitty weather and it's like northern Europe, but they're super organized 
and they identify kids with talent at like five years old and they put them in football factories and, and they turn them into professional athletes. And, uh, and that's the two different ways. And often it's like that mechanized European kind of approach that wins everything, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, it's globalization, but it's not homogenization because it's still pretty much Europe and like Japan. Those teams are doing like a lot better than you would figure based on their, their populations. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting point. So before we go, uh, let's do, uh, um, Bill Simmons has this thing called guess the lines. Have you ever, do you listen to him? I'm familiar with him, but I do not, uh, I do not. uh, So I love his football podcast, uh, but he does it with this guy like cousin Sal. So he does. Do you know the lines? I'm looking at him right now. Yeah. No, 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 don't look. Oh, I wanted you to guess. I wanted you to guess. All right. He does this great thing called Guess the Lines. Did you I see put them? It down, so I only what? remember two. Of them. Do you remember them? I remember two of them. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Well, anyway, so let's tell me. Let's just do predictions then. What's going to happen this weekend? So we have Texans versus Ravens. That was. Uh, we have a, a mulatto quarterback versus a black quarterback. The Lamar Jackson, who the really low wonderlick store, like physical freak yeah. of nature. He is the QB of the Ravens. And like normally I don't like I really don't like running quarterbacks, uh, whether yeah. black or otherwise. I just hate that style of play. But the thing about the Ravens is like Lamar Jackson is so extraordinary that it's like I kind of like it because it's like I hate the way he plays. But it's like such an extreme outlier of that uh, way of playing that it's like entertaining. Um, so they're playing the Texans who have. And then we have Niners versus Packers. That's white. This guy, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, you were talking about versus uh, another mulatto quarterback. And then we have Bucks versus Lions. That's two white quarterbacks. And then we have Bills versus Chief. That's that's mixed versus white. Um, So what's going to happen this weekend? What what, what are your bets? Well, I I think um, I think the Ravens are probably going to win, but I'm probably going to take Houston plus like like the, the line there is 9.5. Yeah, I might give them more like plus maybe like 15 or something and then put in like, I, I like to do the same game parlays a lot. So you're betting on the, the outcome of the game, but also like what quarterbacks can get so many yards, et cetera, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Ravens are going to win versus Houston, but it might not be like a blowout, but close. And then Packers Niners. I got to think the Niners are going to win. I mean, these, these are favorites here. Wait, but so um, what kind of bets are you going to do in Ravens Texans? Like, tell me, I I've never done any sports betting, so I don't really understand how it works. But like, what what are you going to do? Okay, well, so here's an example of the same game parlay. Like, I'm not going to place it now because they're probably going to give us boosts, but I, I'm just going to give you the odds here, like what it would be. So let's say they give you an option with game lines, like the line is nine point five, but I could I could give myself more of a cushion, and I could take. Let's see. I could take um, the Texans like plus 17.5. So that gets you minus 308. I'll explain what that is in a second. And then I could put in uh, passing yards. So you got C.J. Stroud is the quarterback on uh, on the Texans. Yeah. I'll take him over 200 yards. That gets you minus 350. So, so what minus 350 means is in order to win, um, you would have to bet $350 to win 100 if you want. But just okay. hold that thought for a second. And then I'll put in like um, rushing yards. 
So yeah, minus let's... 350 means you have to bet $350 to make 100. Right. But, and I don't like doing that. But the thing about the same game parlay is when we combine those all together, that's going to change the overall odds. Yeah. So uh, let's, for, for example, CJ Stroud, um, we'll take him, let's say the, the line on him rushing. And here's a, here's a great difference between him and Lamar Jackson, talking about running quarterbacks. Like the over-under on C.J. Stroud is he's going to rush for eight and a half yards in the game. Yeah. The over-under for Lamar Jackson is he's going to rush for 50.5 yards. Yeah, right, right. So, so here's an example of an SGP. So I took those three things and I put them together. Houston not to lose by more than 17 and a half points. C.J. Stroud to throw over 200 yards and C.J. Stroud to rush for over eight and a half yards. Yeah. All together, I get odds of plus 170. So uh, that means so like, you bet you bet one seventy and you get a hundred for all those three things. No, no, that means you bet. It, it's kind of weird because it flips. So with the positive numbers, it means you bet a hundred, you get one hundred seventy back. Oh, that's plus one seventy. Got it. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. All right. Yeah. yeah nice. So that's kind of the so, thing. So all right. So yeah, and that's. I mean, it seems like those things have to happen, right? I mean, eight yards for CJ Stroud. It seems like he's got to run for more than that. But I guess he just doesn't run very much. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's weird that way. So that that's kind of. Like, I'll look at what kind of boost they have. Um, what How do you do these bets? I, I still don't even – I think I tried to, like, place some bets on FanDuel once, and I couldn't figure it out. It's like it, – I think can you not do it in California? Yeah, I think that's a problem. I don't think it's legal in California. Yet. Yeah, so I don't know how you even do this. You, like, need a bookie or some shit, which I just, like, don't even know how to for, do that. For you, um, yeah, I don't know if you can do it legally. Unless maybe – do your Indian casinos have it? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure there's some way to do this. I've just like never like it. like in New Jersey, we had we had um you know, we had Atlantic City for years, but they didn't have sports betting there. Like that was one thing you couldn't do. So so now it's legal in New Jersey and it's like it's kind of crazy. You basically have like a casino in your pocket. So you can just wait. and and the cool thing about it is like you could bet on stuff all over the world. I mean, after the the Russia invaded the Ukraine. They got real pissy with Russia. But before that happened, Russia used to have something called the Moscow Liga Pro. It was like an indoor table tennis thing. And these guys played like fucking 24-7. I mean, like Christmas Eve, you would open up your app. And you could see, you can watch it too. It's like in some underground building and there's like two guys there, an umpire. And they're just playing ping pong. And you can bet on this stuff. It's insane. They don't let you do that anymore because they just got mad at, uh, at Russia. But you wake up in the middle of the night and you could be betting on like Australian. Well, now the Australian Open's going on. You could bet on that, but you could bet on like Australian soccer, like Japanese soccer, all kinds of crazy stuff. Japanese baseball. Yeah. So, and we also have the UFC um, on uh, on Saturday too. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. I unfortunately got to go, but give me, so, okay. So those are your bets. So you got, do you, any surprises going to happen this weekend? <clears throat> Let's uh let's take a look again. Got, I you know what um I, I I think uh the only surprise I think might be in the spreads. Like I, I really think the favorites are going to win here, and the only thing that's a yeah, little bit of a surprise to me. These are huge spreads. These are massive spreads. Nine and a half. Well, the massive is like a spreads gigantic in, spread. In the Saturday in the Saturday games are massive spreads. You got nine and a half spreads. For Houston Ravens and the and, and Packers Niners. I think the Niners but, are going to destroy the Packers, but. Yeah, I think you're Ravens right. will. Yeah, I think Niners and Ravens will like easily win, but I don't know about the other. I games. think you're right. And then we've got on Sunday Detroit versus 
Tampa Bay. I think Detroit wins. It seems like kind of kind of their year in a way. I mean, they Oh, they're really not very good though. I mean, they have a great running back. That running back's great, but fucking what's his name? Uh, the dude, he was our quarterback. Goff fucking blows. He's going to fuck it up. If you get any pressure on Goff, he'll fuck it up. The Rams should have won that game. We we screwed it up. I don't know. The Eagles could lose. Well, I really in a I mean, sorry, the Lions could lose, but I don't know. Well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take like the Houston plus points, and I'm gonna take um I'm probably gonna take I might take the Bucks plus points too, just because I th- I think they may they may overperform, but I think Detroit's probably still gonna win. I don't know. And then yeah. uh the interesting thing though to me was Buffalo was a slight favorite over the Chiefs. I guess they're playing in Buffalo. Is that why? Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then people really don't like this Chiefs team. Like apparently, no. Yeah, it's Chiefs at really Buffalo. Sucks. I'm guessing. I'm guessing if they were if it reversed, it, it would be opposite. So they're pretty close. But yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Buffalo there. So nice. Uh, but you know what? Both of those quarterbacks are really capable of just fucking things up. I mean, they're both great quarterbacks. But they're both capable of just throwing that pick at the wrong time or something. Yeah, well, it's particularly so. Josh Allen. I mean, I would never. I you, Mahomes plays really well in me. You know, he's a great playoffs quarterback. So, Josh uh, Allen, yeah, there's something about him. The, he, the problem with the Bills, kind of... I feel like the Bills and the Lions have the same problem, which is that they're these historically terrible franchises, and they just want it too badly. You know, like they, that's what the Rams, the Rams are a very good team under pressure because we have like, and McVay is very good at this. Like he, he's very good at not like wanting it too bad. I think the Lions and the Bills just like want it too bad. And that's why they always lose in the playoffs because they start like panicking. Like, you know, like they, they, they panic too easily. And well, they just, well, Buffalo, I wouldn't say they're historically bad, but what's historically weird about them is they went to, Four Super Bowls in a row in the nineties, I think it was, and they lost all. Yeah, four. and they lost them all exactly. So they're yeah, this like, so, franchise that's like never, you know, they've never gotten through. I, I do think there's something psychological with Josh Brown where his confidence or something. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, I think he Josh got, Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of the the Giants had a um, like a third string quarterback that played some this year. Was this Italian kid? It was kind of a big story locally. Because he was an Italian kid from uh, from New Jersey, he went to like a big football high school, and then he was like totally undrafted. <laughs> and when Tyrod Taylor got hurt, they put him in, and he won like he lost the first game, but he won like three games in a row, and he played really well. And like I don't think he's like super talented or super smart, but the one thing he did was he, he protected the ball, and like when he didn't know where to throw, he would just run with it. And like that's the simplest thing in the world. And if you're Josh Allen and you're really good at running with the ball. Yeah, he right. Yeah, he doesn't. He, Josh Allen makes like big mistakes. Um, all right, man, I gotta go because I'm gonna piss my pants actually. But um, anyway, oh, uh, thanks so much, Dave. Too. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, publish this like today, but I'm mean, just gonna be all about football. But I appreciate that. Anytime you want to come on and talk about football, we can do this again. Yeah, not a problem at all. Go have. Go, go all right, buddy. I'll talk. I'll